The ones who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Steve Jobs. On today's episode, I'm sharing with you my takeaways from day two and day three of the two CCX conference, Mastermind in Paradise, that I attended last week. You have the power to be the boss of your own life. I'm your host, Monica Allen. I'm a wife, mom, entrepreneur, best-selling author, lifelong learner, and your biz bestie. I have a love and passion for all things small business. Growing my own company from $700 to over seven figures annually, my goal is to bring you inspiration, business-focused topics and tips, encouragement, and a community that helps you launch, grow, and scale your business whether you are a dreamer, a side hustler, or a seasoned entrepreneur, you are listening to the Become Your Own Boss podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vid Kids School. Do you have a creative kid who wants to earn money every month from YouTube? Vid Kids School is an easy program for kids age nine and up, taught by a kid. It is actually taught by my daughter, Imana, who taught herself how to do animation and video editing on her iPhone. Then she launched a YouTube channel, Pastel Pineapple, which now has over 12,000 subscribers, and she has paid hundreds of dollars every month from YouTube. Your kid can learn it too. So can you if you want to earn some extra cash. She walks you through the whole process from start to finish to get you monetized on YouTube in no time. Just go to vidkid.school to take advantage of a special offer for Become Your Own Boss listeners. That's vidkid.school. If you missed episode 93, go back and check it out. I share with you day one takeaways from the conference. This conference was jam-packed with speakers and knowledge that expanded beyond just funnel building. I want to share with you my top takeaways. And I'll warn you in advance, these takeaways are kind of all over the place because All of the speakers spoke on something different, and I'm trying to highlight my top takeaway kind of from each of the speakers. So a little bit all over the place, but just bear with me. Stick with me. The first is focus on building a community. I think when Ethan and I first started our business, we did not use the word community, but we did definitely work hard to build relationships with our customers so they would be repeat customers as well as tell their friends about us. We desire to create raving fans. Well, if you create a community or raving fans, they will be there for you. I liken this to Beyonce's Beehive. Members of her Beehive are committed. They know every song, every product, every album. They go to bat and defend her no matter what. Yes, sure, Beyonce is a celebrity, but we can all create this type of fanship. For example, with our company, Suffer Greeks, we have seen where a person has complained about our prices and we did not even have to say a word. A customer or customers would come to our defense, raving about our quality, our craftsmanship and our service. So creating that community of raving fans is essential no matter what business you're in, no matter if you're big or small. But those people will be there for you. They will buy your products. They will buy your services. They will be there to support you through it all. Next up, make sure your offer works before hiring a salesperson. Let's say you're currently a solopreneur. You may have courses, a product, or a service. As your business grows, you may desire to add a salesperson. Typically, 
when we are the only person working in our business or just have a couple of people, someone has to be the sales person. But as your business grows and you want to scale, you'll need someone else to either take on this position or lend a helping hand in this position. But this point really stood out to me because if you have an offer on the table that you haven't made sure that it works, a salesperson is destined to fail. So several years ago, Ethan and I thought we would hire a salesperson to reach out directly to fraternity and sorority houses would be a good idea. The problem is that we ourselves had never tried this before. We had never created a specific offer that had been proven to work in this way before hiring this person. When you don't do this, then you don't have a system in place for selling. You have not crafted the right scripts, copy, emails, or systems to ensure that the salesperson will be successful. So this point really stood out to me because this was an area of failure for us. Or I like to say, just an expensive learning experience. And speaking of experience, my next takeaway was be relentless about your customer experience. What is your customer's experience with your product or service? Think about it from start to finish. How do you make them feel? Do you revisit what is working and what is not? I will give you some examples of where I think we have gone right. When a customer comes into one of our stores, they are greeted warmly with, Welcome to Zeus's Closet. We take the time to get to know them and their needs for their business, organization, or project. Of course, by asking, how can I help you today? Or how can I serve you today? When they make a purchase, they get their items wrapped in tissue paper and a logoed bag. Most companies in our same industry aren't doing this. So we don't really have to do it either. But we want to take everything a step further, even if we don't have to. In addition, with our packages that ship out, we include pins and we include flyers and brochures that make them really feel special and make them understand that the product that they have is one of a kind and is truly a masterpiece. Okay, this is one of my favorite ones. Dig deeper into your avatar or ideal client. This one came from Allison J. Prince and she calls it care language. I love this because as a business major who took a lot of marketing classes, I learned all about demographics when it comes to selecting your, we didn't refer to it as avatars at the time, but we talked about ideal clients or ideal customer or your target customer. And we, of course, would talk about their age, their gender, their religion, where they may live, and those types of high-level things. But Allison talked about digging deeper, asking deeper questions. And I really love this. And here's some examples. What is the first thing they do when they get out of bed? At what point of the day are they least distracted? How do they celebrate? What is their daily routine? Whose inputs and opinions matter to them? Are they competitive? And I really like this because it just makes us think more about the whole life of our ideal client and not just those surface level things. An example, 
Let's say you've determined that your people, your ideal customers are very competitive. A gamification model for a course or a challenge will probably work really well for them. For us in our Greek market, we know that our ideal clients are people who want to stand out from the crowd. They don't want to look like anyone else. They want a unique jacket. They want something that people are going to turn heads when they walk by. And that's what we give them. That's what we show them in our marketing. That's what we show them when we bring on an influencer. So you want to dig deeper into your avatar and look at them beyond just those surface level things. Loved this one. Next, you are the guide. This was not my first time hearing this concept. Donald Miller talks about this in his book, Building a Story Brand. And if you haven't read this book, I do recommend it. However, in this conference, it was nice to be reminded, though I have heard the concept before. The takeaway here is no matter what your business is, your customer is the hero and you, the business owner or the business, is the guide. You are guiding them from point A to point B. Your company should guide them to success, whatever that success may be. For example, when I have an interior design client, Ultimately, my goal is for them to get the praise of having a beautiful and stylish home, for them to feel great when they walk into their house. But I'm not the hero. I'm there to guide them from a home that is boring, bland, maybe doesn't excite them to one that they are proud of and excited about and excited to have events in. So we are the guides as business owners, not the hero. Okay, just a few more. Beliefs are thoughts you have had over and over again. And you can change them. You can think bigger. How do you do this? Listen to people who have the beliefs you need to be successful. Follow those people. Whether it's on social, whether it's podcasts, whether it's reading a book, you want to follow those people. The beliefs that will get you where you want to be are the beliefs you want to adopt and adopt them from the people who have those beliefs. I know that's a lot in one sentence, but beliefs are thoughts and you want to be in control of that. So surround yourself with the right people, the right content that helps you be successful and help you believe in that success. There was also a speaker who talked about hiring But that is a topic for a whole nother episode. What I will leave you with, though, is when what you love to do is being overtaken by what you hate to do, it is time to hire. This is why Ethan and I just both hired an admin assistant for each of us. Yes. Hashtag winning. Russell Brunson led a few of the sessions as well. And one evening he had a late night session that went on for about four or five hours. I couldn't even hang past midnight and he covered a lot of things. So I'm not going to be able to share them all here. But one takeaway from his talk that night was the seven fear archetypes coined by Ruth Sukup of Do It Scared. And I want to just briefly go over these with you all because I feel like we all have 
one or more of them at any given time, depending on what we're doing. Um, and you can definitely Google for more detail. But the first is the procrastinators, which is the fear of making a mistake. Next, the rule keeper, fear of breaking rules. The people pleaser, fear of being judged. The outcast rejects others before you can be rejected. The self-doubter, fear of not being capable, not enough. The excuse maker, fear of being held accountable. And lastly, the pessimist, which is the fear of struggling or pain. So those are the seven archetypes. I personally feel like one of my biggest ones is probably the rule keeper because I can remember since I was a young child, I've always been one to want to follow the rules. If a parent said not to do something, I was not trying to break that rule. I was trying to stick to it. If a teacher did the same thing, I was trying to stick to the rules. And so I know sometimes that is a fear of mine in business because even if I don't know it's a rule, if I think it may be a rule, I want to be cautious and careful not to break a rule that I don't even know if it, if it exists or not. So examining which one of these may be your fear in any given moment can help you recognize what's holding you back. And that is truly the first step to overcoming our fears. And lastly, actually, I almost forgot this one, but it was so moving and so powerful um, Russell actually read his eulogy and he had all of us work on ours for about 45 minutes. This was really powerful because if you haven't done this exercise, it really makes you think about what you want the end of your life to look like. Now, mind you, none of us know when that is actually going to happen, but to know what you would like it to look like at the end helps you know where what you want to get done if you know what you want the end picture to look like. And I often talk about Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. Most of us think about that from a goal setting perspective on a yearly basis. But what about our entire life? What do we want the end of our life to look like? Think about that and try writing your eulogy and it will really help you help guide you. Not only that, it can also help you get over some of those fears that I mentioned, because if you want to get them accomplished, you've got to get over those things. So just lots of wonderful takeaways. And I wanted to share those. And just another ad in regards to the eulogy. It wasn't just focusing on the things you wanted to get done as far as your business or your career. But he also wanted us to think about our family, our relationships our health? How did we live our life in all of those areas, our spirituality, not just accomplishing goals of growing businesses or having an outstanding career, but those things that really matter, the relationships that we build. And I just loved it. Out of the four to five days we attended this conference, it was packed with about 12 to 14 hours of sheer learning content. And so this is only a podcast that's about 15 minutes long. So of course, I'm not able to cover everything. But I really hope that these few takeaways lend something into you and into your business and help you be better 
when you serve your customer, your client, your ideal client, your avatar, all of those things and help you build your business and scale your business the way you desire. Getting over the fear, whatever your fear archetype may be, getting over that and really moving forward in your business. Thank you for listening today. Follow me on Instagram and TikTok at Become Your Own Boss Podcast. If you have comments or questions, you can email me at monica at monicaallen.com. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to share and subscribe to the podcast. I would also appreciate it if you would leave a review. Now is the time to level up, leave a legacy, and become your own boss. Thank you.